This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, you're listening to the latest Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast, a surprise 7-1 victory earlier in the week for the Reds, but Manchester City are next. We'll talk about both of those fixtures very shortly, plus a little bit around Jurgen Klopp's press conference, and then we'll predict our teams for the weekend's game. Ian Doyle and Theo Squires are both with me. I'll come to you first, Doyle, as you were in Glasgow midweek. As much as Rangers are not particularly good, and Jurgen Klopp kind of alluded to a much bigger challenge at the weekend as we expected, rather than on Tuesday night earlier today in his press conference, to score seven goals away from home, it doesn't happen too often. Obviously, we can't go overboard, but I suppose that can be no bad thing for starters. Well, I, th- I think one of the first things is for anybody who follows me on Twitter will know that I remembered my coat this time, so that was, ah, the, yes. that was the big deal. You don't want to be forgetting your coat up in Scotland. Um yeah, I know Rangers aren't very good, but to be honest, it's it's the biggest ever defeat they've ever had, or matches the biggest ever defeat Rangers have had in their history. And it's also the biggest win any English team's ever had over Scottish opposition. So I don't think we can completely dismiss, oh, Rangers are rubbish. So, but I'll tell you what, at, at one all, sorry, at one nil, sorry, you wouldn't have said Liverpool were going to win 7-1, would you? Yeah, but, I mean, to be fair, what Klopp said after the game was correct. He said that Liverpool, the first half paved the way for the second half in the sense that he could see Liverpool were doing the right things. Rangers were very much living, he thought, very much on the edge, working on the edge. That's why Goldson, he said, got injured because he had to make a lasted strong tackle to stop Nunes going through and they were like putting the bodies on the line. That's sometimes what happens when you're doing that kind of thing. So he said that and in respect, in that respect, he was correct because Straight after the start of the second half, Liverpool were, were, were much more on it. They changed you know, minor tweaks in the formation. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. And the minute they get the second goal, it was it really was a matter of how many were they going to score because you know, Rangers, not saying they gave up, but you know they could see that Liverpool were... A, the, the, the quality that they showed in the first game, which meant that they could have won by more than 2-0, that was evidence. And the reality is that Rangers you know, scored, to be fair, it was a good goal from their point of view. And the one chance wasn't it that the Canati blocked. That was about it. How many saves did Allison make? You know, and this is Rangers where you saw that they held Napoli to nil-nil until about 55 minutes when they had a player sent off. I suspect they'll give Ajax a very good game in the last home game. And it's uh, you know it's, it's an atmosphere where it is you know a Scottish team hosting an English team. There's always going to be that that kind of edge to it. So I think Liverpool they cope with that pretty well when you consider that they had. 19-year-old Elliot starting, 20-year-old uh, Cavallio and 23-year-old Canata, who, you know, they added a bit of energy, even if in the first half, you look at Carvalho in particular, he gave the ball away for the goal, he could easily have been substituted. And while Elliot did okay, he could have been substituted as well because you saw he was on the bench, but it was interesting that Klopp kept faith with the pair of them because in the second half, they both played well and Elliot got his goal. He played a part in, you know, one of Firmino's goals, Cavallio played a part in a couple of goals as well. So, in that sense, they, they would have benefited from it. But yeah, Rangers, last 15 minutes, just very, very disheartened, disillusioned. They knew that things were going a bit wrong. And the last thing you want then is to see Salah and Jota you know, thrown onto the pitch, especially when, certainly in the case of Salah, he looked like somebody who, not so much a point to prove, but wanted us to go, well, actually, this is an opportunity for me to to get a few goals and get a bit of confidence. And you saw from his, his three finishes, they were hardly the... the you know, while, while everyone will say, well, it was against Rangers. Well, the goal's the same size and still a goalkeeper in there. And the finishes were all very, very good. You know, the first one, we, I instantly thought, oh, I must have taken a deflection. 
we didn't get any replays by the way up in the Rangers so it wasn't until after the game where you're like oh actually he's actually scored that himself second one clever finish wasn't it put his foot on the ball and then put it into the corner where the keeper the only place the keeper couldn't get it and the third one was very much a trademark Salah finish curling it off enough the far post where, where the keeper's not getting getting close to it so if out of this comes Liverpool, you know, Salah gaining confidence, Jota a bit of confidence, Canati a bit of confidence from playing, the two youngsters getting something from it as well. Job done because I think everybody, well, let's say expected Liverpool to win, but they would not have been surprised that Liverpool had won at Rangers. But don't think any, you know, nobody would have said it was going to be 7-1. And as Klopp said in his press conference today, yeah, you know, we've, we've scored seven at Rangers and nine against Bournemouth. You know, we need to start spreading the goals about a bit more into some of the other games because we'd have got a few more points. And I think that... Uh, Going forward, I think Liverpool will, you know, they've not really had a problem, to be fair, this season after scoring goals. It's been keeping them out. And I thought defensively they played pretty well uh, against Rangers. And you look at uh, Joe Gomez playing at right back, he offered a bit more solidity than Trent has done in the last couple of weeks for obvious reasons. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there were too many negatives from the from the evening. We'll come on to a few more of the positives specifically in a second, Theo. I wanted to, to ask a similar question to you, really. How how much can we can we learn from this? How much confidence do you think Liverpool will take, I suppose, as much individually, I suppose, for, for Salah, for example, he might take confidence from it, and Liverpool as a team as well heading into Sunday, as much as it will obviously be a very different challenge? Um, probably not that much, to be honest. That's what we said on Monday, like, Rangers, it was always going to be a slightly different test at Ibrox. There's more of an atmosphere and everything, but it is still Rangers. It is still Scottish football. There is still that drop-off there. We thought the 2-0 victory at Anfield, right, that's a step in the right direction. And then Liverpool were pretty poor against Arsenal. Now, even if this is enough of a confidence boost, right, we've got a few goals here. We've got players back on form a little bit. Man City are the best team in Europe. It's a very hard one to go from playing Rangers and building on that to think this can be like for like. And there were still holes there in that squad. There were still gaps between the midfield and defence. And well, Alisson didn't have much to do. As Doyley said, there were a couple of times where Rangers carved them open. And well, if Rangers can do it, then Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden, and then Erling Haaland running in behind. All these players are going to have joy as well. Liverpool will have to be at their absolute best to get it right. And if it's, we're seeing a similar system to what they've done in the last couple, what they've done against Rangers, it's still a system that they're, they're learning on the job. It's a new one. You're just hoping that it's given them a bit more fire in the belly. It's like they've got that belief back, uh, like Salah's hat-trick. He's been dropped to come off the bench and get this hat-trick. There he's got a point to prove. He can go out now and hit a goal-scoring run like we've seen from Haaland so far this season. But then... That Liverpool weren't great when after the 9-0. When was it Newcastle was the next game there? They weren't out the best there and they needed the latest of winners to get it over the line. It's very hard to second guess what's coming from them next because we've had a, a fair few false dawns where they have just been going up and down, not really getting it right from one minute to the next. They need to find a bit of consistency, but we've been saying that for the whole season so far. We're mid-October now and they've not had it. Hopefully it's the first step, but we'll be able to say it for definite if they're actually putting an improved performance against Man City. Because really, Man City is the first step. The same as if they'd have put in a good performance against Arsenal, that was the first step. Like Rangers is just the warm-up. But as we've seen from the team, we said when we're doing a team selector, you can put Elliot in, you can put Carvalho in, it doesn't matter. Liverpool should still have enough to beat Rangers. But it's a very different prospect when you play Man City. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. 
It certainly can be no bad thing, though, Doyle, that Mohamed Salah was amongst the goals, as we've said, the fastest Champions League hat-trick. And it, it just seemed to me like he was popping up in much more normal Mohamed Salah positions. It, it kind of strikes me as well. If you get him into those positions, this is what he can do. I suppose now that the challenge for Liverpool and for him is to make sure that he's doing that in future, because I think it's probably fair to say up to this point in the season, he's not been in those positions to shoot that much. So, yeah, I suppose can, can Liverpool do that on Sunday if they can? That would be a big boost. Well, he came on and played centre forward, didn't he? So that's why he was in in those positions because they were playing four four two at that point, um, which are not going to play against Man City. I'd be amazed if he did that. It would be if anything four two three one. It depends on who's available, really. Um, I don't necessarily think Salah got dropped in midweek. I just I think he was rested. If you're going to rest him for a game, it's got to be that one, and he needed to have a rest. I think we've been calling for it for a while now. And I don't necessarily think Liverpool played poorly against Arsenal. If Arsenal is this brilliant team, which they've done quite well, I, I mean, to be honest, I've been, I mean, watched the first time I've watched them properly this season, and they still had an awful lot of Arsenal things going on. Um, let's face it, they scored a, this, the winning goal was a penalty that was never a penalty for me. Um, in the same way, I don't actually think Liverpool's penalty shot in the first half was a penalty either. So it was, you either gave them both or you gave neither of them, as far as I was concerned. So I thought Liverpool played well in the first half at Arsenal, but they were pushed back second half. But that's what happens when you go and play at these, these, these places. I mean, how many times have they lost at the Emirates in the past? Loads of times. So I wasn't particularly perturbed by that. I think um, against Rangers, they did what they had to do. Um, in terms of Salah, yeah, he was poor against Arsenal. And I think he possibly could have been dropped. But I, th- I do actually do think he was rested. And I think... It's going to be different against City because he's not going to be playing in that position. I'd be surprised if he's playing in that position. But it's about working out how to play with Nunes. And I think with Nunes, he, he is going to be that central figure because when it was Firmino, to a lesser extent Jota, when it was Mane, is that they would kind of wander away from that position and they'd open up the gaps and Salah would get in behind. And Nunes has obviously been told not to do that quite so much. And... To be fair, he scored in the last two games, so you know you can't argue with that. He's, and he's looked fairly decent, and he's kept the ball up, and he's brought other teammates into play. And I think uh, he'll have enjoyed his goal because against Rangers, because of the way that it came about, he he made the kind of run that he expected to make, and he had a couple of players who, who were willing to feed him. And I think he, he'd like them goals just as much as the one against Arsenal, where it's a cross and that's a kind of a striker's goal. So I think from his point of view. He's, he's gaining confidence. I think he will cause City some problems. And I think when you've got someone like that and people start to realise, well, actually, he's quite good. We may need to make a special dispensation for him. That's when more space might open up open up for Salah. And I also think that with Gomez playing right back, I think he'll be asked a little bit more to... Well, there'll be a bit more of an onus on to be a bit more attacking. So I think Liverpool's you know formation or approach will be changed a little bit because he'll know he possibly doesn't have to come back as much as he might have done if Trent was there. We'll come on to, to team selections and, and Manchester City specifically in a few minutes. But Roberto Firmino as well, Theo, we've spoken about him a lot. He's still, for me, a little bit of a, a conundrum. He obviously keeps scoring, keeps providing the assists, but I'm still not convinced 100% around his revival. Jurgen Klopp was asked about it in his press conference as well and kind of played down the, the overall kind of thing with him. Obviously, the goals are there, but hasn't been perfect in his performances. And I find it really tough to, to criticise him, but I'd still be a little bit concerned about seeing him in an intense game on Sunday. But then I suppose he would say, well, eight goals, four assists, I think it is this season. You can't really argue with those numbers. Yeah, Klopp summed it up perfectly, didn't he? He said, well, we look at the stats, we look at the numbers, and think, oh, he's had a great start to the season. 
but the team aren't playing well. And with that, the individuals aren't playing well. So while he's getting goals and he's getting assists, there have been other moments from games that are missing. But it's not as though that is Roberto Firmino out of form. It's the whole team is just not clicking right. And he's just happening to be in the right place at the right time. And he's been clinical because like the chances he's taken, he's like the two in midweek, he's getting in the right areas, he's, uh, holding off challenges. And it's what you want to see from a prolific striker. And Arsenal, he probably took it a little bit too far wide, but he's still great finish to get it across goal into the corner. And it's this nice sign to him that we're seeing that he's arriving at the right place at the right time and getting on the end of things. And Liverpool needed it because as much as Klopp said, be nice if they could spread the goals around a bit more between the games. He's the one who's been the consistent goal threat. You'd like to think that if it clicks for Liverpool soon and the team do get back to their previous best, he can reach these levels again, take them up another notch and still be this uh, talismanic figure. Uh, it's interesting what Klopp said when he said when Bobby's fit, he's always been first choice because granted he had a lot of injuries last year, but I think they kept saying it on commentary. When they started the season, you thought he was your fifth choice striker. But he's set out this welcome reminder that he is still there. He can still do the business in terms of this creative side to his game. It's whether he's still got the legs to be the high press and intensity monster that we used to see from him. But then Liverpool need to get back to that standard as well. And then we'll be able to see if he fits it quite as nicely. Um, it it can go either way, can it? Whether he starts against Man City of starters, but like, injuries are piling up. We don't know um, if there are any new ones because Klopp was keeping his cards quite close to his chest in the press conference. But if it's a 4-2-3-1, you'd imagine he's going to have to be your number 10. He's not really going to put Carvalho or Elliot there, so he might have to start. If it's a 4-3-3, he's still a player who knows well City well and he's done well against him in the past. And it can go if he leads the press well and he's back to his best. It's his sort of game, as it has been many times in the past. But if there's still that fear that he's declining slightly, he's not got the same energy levels, just come off the bench and get a goal, get a decisive goal, and that'll have everyone happy. It's a big season for me. You know, like he's got, what, a month to force his way into the Brazil squad. He hasn't played for him since the Copa America final last year. I know he was called up during the last break, but he didn't get off the bench. And then his contract's up next summer. Uh, whether he gets a new one or not, we'll wait and see. But he's got a lot to prove, and so far the signs have been good. Yeah, certainly. The goals and assists have been there. We'll come back to him, obviously, when we do our, our team selector at the end. So we won't go into any more further details on him at the moment. But to uh, move on to a, a different player that you mentioned before, Doidi Joe Gomez, obviously performed pretty well midweek. We would imagine that he'll be playing uh, right back against Manchester City. And you mentioned it yourself, really, that the comparison with Trent, it, it does kind of strike me that it might not be the worst thing for Liverpool to have a more defensively minded fullback on the pitch on Sunday. It could could work out quite nicely for them. I mean, saying that we won't go into further detail, Roberto Firmino sounds like he's hiding this massive secret. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go any more into that. We'll, we'll just sweep it under the carpet. Um, we will, but but go, just Gomez. in about 10 minutes' time. <laughs> uh, Gomez is interesting because... Um, I think what both he and Canalti brought, and certainly Gomez brought it in the second half when he came on for Trent to Arsenal, is a bit of physicality. He was bouncing players off him. And I know Ryan Kent is hardly the biggest player in the world. Uh, but <clears throat> but I do think that he can do that. And Canalti's got that, which perhaps Matip, who, you know, he is all elbows and legs and stuff like that and offers something different. Matip, he doesn't have that as much, I think, even though I can't remember any real games where he's been knocked off, but it's different. Canalti kind of like gives that impression and the other players know about it. I think with the matter it's a bit more of a surprise. But but Gomez is definitely certainly more physical present than Trent on the right. And I think that um yeah that is what they've needed. I think 
I mean, let's be honest, he set up a really good goal for Firmino. And it's, you know, from last season, from his games where he's playing right back, he's got put in a great cross for Jota. didn't need to score against, I think it was Watford. Southampton, uh, was it, I think? It, it, was, it, was, it was one of the Southern teams. I'm pretty sure it was Watford. I'm sure it was Watford. Um, um, but anyway, yeah, so he does have that. But yeah, I think he will offer a bit more defensive solidity. Uh, depends how City want to play. He plays on the left. Is it Foden? Has he been playing there? Or has, it been, has, it, has he been playing more centrally? Greenish, um, isn't it, I think? Yeah, Grealish. Well, you know, they'll know each other from it was from, the, from, from the England setup. Um, so yeah, Gomez. He it's a strange one, really. This is eighth season there, and while he quite clearly would rather be playing centre back, I think at the moment he's going to have to play right back, and I think he actually does a really good job there, certainly defensively. And you know, you look on social media; it's quite interesting because after the game, I said he had a good game, and one of the fan websites helpfully took a quote from mine and then didn't put any context around it. And then suddenly my mentions had loads of people telling me where to go. But also half of them were then saying, yeah, you're right. So he's obviously quite a, a divisive a, a divisive figure. Like, you know, a lot of certain you know players with the same characteristics in the, in the Liverpool squad have. So I personally think he will, they'll need to have a good game. And I think he, you know, if, if Liverpool are to get anything out of the, the game against Man City on on Sunday, they don't just need him to be playing well. They need all the defenders to be playing well. And I think up against, you know, not just Haaland, it's all of them, isn't it? Jurgen Klopp said that. Look, it's pointless getting everybody on Haaland because City got Haaland. They've got so many good footballers that they'll just go and find somewhere else. So this is one game, by the way, where we can't read anything into the the Community Shield game, which was what two and a half months ago, because Haaland may as well have not been there. And now he very much is there. So. We'll wait and see what happens. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yes, I think Jurgen Klopp said it himself before, didn't he? Around sort of the best way of, of stopping Haaland Theo is to, to just stop the ball getting into him. I mean, it's it's a little bit more complicated than that when, as you mentioned before, you've got Kevin De Bruyne and various other players feeding him, but. I suppose I suppose that's what Liverpool have got to try and do, isn't it? They've got to try and stop that supply line. And I suppose the midfield has been a bit of an issue for Liverpool, but it's going to have to be a big performance from them to help out the defence against these players. Uh, yes, it will. Um, whether it's uh, two double sixes or two double sixes, whether it's the double sixes. <laughs> or three. <laughs> to be fair, if they went two double sixes, there's standard chance having those extra <laughs> ones. It sounds like you're playing a really, really strange game of Yahtzee there. Does anybody know what that is? Does anybody yes, know that it's yes. now? Okay, yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, okay. yeah. They still have it when you're okay, fine, good. But yeah, if it was the, the double sixes or the revert to the midfield three, Liverpool's midfield need to be at their best. They need to be on top of them. And you need to see the real Fabinho playing. You need to see Henderson at his most energetic. Thiago just controlling possession. Um, I think the defence could help with this one. The fact that we're going to see these enforced changes because of Trent and Matip. Because Gomez and Canate, they offer that bit more pace as well. So maybe it means that the defence can be a little bit higher, knowing they've got the recovery pace to get back. They can track Haaland a bit more, but then they can also squeeze the gaps on the midfield. Uh, Liverpool just need to be a lot better than they have been for the most of the, the Premier League season so far. Man um, City are always going to be this huge test. We know how impressive Haaland's been. We know how impressive the playmakers are. Um, it doesn't matter which six or seven who they pick between, whether it's Foden, Grealish, Mares, Silva, De Bruyne, they're still going to be a threat. They're still going to be putting balls on the plates for him. You just need Van Dijk at his best to shove him off. You need Canate's recovery base to get these uh, late challenges in. And it's a blessing, I suppose, like I said, that Gomez is there because Milner got absolutely tormented by Foden last year. 
when he was at right back at Anfield. I think Trent must have missed that one through injury as well. So at least Gomez, he's got that bit more physicality. He's got that pace. It's a bit more defensive there. So hoping that solidity in the back line gives the midfield a bit more confidence in front of them. And if the front four, three, whatever it is, just keep scoring goals like they are at the moment, maybe it will be a kinder result for Liverpool than we'd have predicted after the Arsenal match. But it's just how they start. If they concede the first goal, it could be another horror show. They start well. Anfield's actually up for it. We could be in for another classic. Yeah, again, we'll come to our score predictions and how we think the game is going to go a little bit later on, Ian. But it, it does feel to me a little bit like it is just going to be a bit of a shootout. If Liverpool are going to have any chance of getting something here, they probably have to, to score a couple of goals and, and go for it a little bit because you'd fancy probably Manchester City to get at least one or two at the other end. Yeah, I mean, obviously City will score first because um, Liverpool can't just seem completely unable to... In fact, to be fair, if Liverpool want anything from the game, they have to score first because yeah. if City can score first, that's probably going to be it. Can't Not necessarily because Liverpool can't fight back, but I think a lot might depend on how the fans are. I know that sounds a bit of a soft thing to say, but Klopp made a few references to it in the press conference, you know, the, you know having everybody around field behind them, and, and you know they're going to have to do that. Um you know, Theo wrote something the other week, uh, basically criticising the Anfield atmosphere, didn't you, Theo? Um, Doesn't well, sound like the atmosphere. It was more. It was more to do with the fans <laughs> who, who left early. You know, Theo Squires at Theo Squires Echo. He's the critic of all Liverpool supporters. Is what I'm saying, basically. I've been very negative um, so far this season. Put it that way. Well, <laughs> um, I actually agree with him because I said at, at the Crafts of the Crystal Palace, the opening game of the season at home. Even then, you could see the fans were like, "Oh," because. They've dropped, already dropped two points against Fulham, another two against Crystal Palace, and they're thinking, oh, that's it. And I think possibly now they might have got over the fact, you know, Liverpool are challenging for the title. Are they? You know, it's a, it's a team that is, as I said, at the start of the season in transition. They're getting everyone laughed at me, you know, haha. It's like, well, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's a team in transition. They're changing the attack. We know all of this, but I think fans have kind of come around to that now, and they can now see that. Well, we know what the aim is. We know we have to try and get this now. They're in a decent position in the Champions League. League Cup's not for at least another, what was it, three or four weeks before they play the game. Now they've got to start making their way up the table. And Liverpool, I've mentioned this previously, that their fixture list at the start has not been easy. You know, everyone knows that, look, it's where they've dropped the games that they should have been getting the points is what's been the issue. Palace, Brighton, Fulham. The other ones, you can give or take, it's going to be difficult. They will lose at these grounds. They will drop points. They always draw at Everton, for example. So that hasn't been the issue. And I think now, say, for example, if Liverpool lose against Man City, it, say Liverpool lose 2-1 and play fairly decent, is it a crisis? Of course it isn't. Loads of teams will get beat by City. You'd, you'd rather they didn't get beat. It'd be a bit of a crisis and something's gone very wrong if City win 4-5-1. That's when you think, well, hang on, what's going on here? But... I think Liverpool fans have kind of got used to the fact that this season, what to expect. And I think what they'll be expecting on, on Sunday is to give them a bit of a go. Klopp kind of mentioned that in his press conference, hinted at it. He says, look, we're talking all about City and how to stop them, but we've got to remember we have to cause them problems as well. I'm going to have to remind our players, yeah, we actually, you know, he didn't say it, but, you know, there are certain aspects where City are weak and Liverpool have shown in the past couple of years that they can exploit that. I mean, you look at the game, the last time they played each other in the league, two all at City. City in the first half, basically, were like all over them, all over Liverpool. Liverpool couldn't really get a grip with it, and uh, they managed to get a goal because they took advantage of the, you know some of City's defending. And then they got another goal 
to make it to all. And I think I think Liverpool have shown that, you know, more than any any of the other clubs, that City can be got out like any other team. The only problem for Liverpool at the moment is that, yeah, they've been getting at teams, but it's keeping them out at the other end. And I think that's the balance that they're going to have to strike on Sunday. And that'll be, it will be interesting to see what Jurgen Klopp does, because when we come to the team selection in a minute, I think there's basically going to be one position where we're all going to um an hour over it and what, what he's going to do. And I think that's the decision that he's, got to, he's grappling with at the moment. And it will, he'll only probably really decide it kind of a lot nearer the actual you know kickoff of the game, because it's the one thing that's going to determine how Liverpool approach this game and then how City react. Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting. There's a couple of key players as well in that defence for City, missing John Stones and, and Kyle Walker both out. I think, Theo, that's certainly a big one. But the Stone, uh, the, the Walker one, I should say, in, in particular, feels like a, a big one to me. He's maybe not the best defender in the world, but even when he makes a mistake, he's got that pace to be able to just race back and, and get back in. He, he always feels like a, a big miss whenever he's not there for Manchester City. Well, he's a better all-round player than Trent Alexander-Arnold. If you listen to the, the England manager, isn't he? So uh, that means I he's a you were going to two foot him then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you, mean, do you mean Steve Holland, the England manager? Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's yeah, the one. That's, that's really um, in charge of England. Stones probably isn't as big a miss because I couldn't even tell you his first choice for City at centre back these days, apart from Diaz, because Laporte seems to have dropped down the pecking order. They've signed Kanji, uh, Nathan Ake. Is he going left back these days? I've got so many defenders now that they've got pretty much cover all over. It's just Cancelo's, the constant one, who's like their Trent, but actually in form this year. So Walker, it'll be a miss, like you said, the recovery pace. Um, I've never like watched him and thought, oh, that's a really good player there. Like, he's Liverpool going to struggle against him today. You always expect the players to cause him pro- problems. If he didn't have the pace, he wouldn't be... Is he wouldn't be first choice for Man City at right back, put it that way. He's just got that attribute that makes him a, a better player than he perhaps is without it. But they've got such a strong squad, it doesn't matter who's missing. Like they're still gonna have a very good strong back four there. They're still gonna have a good midfield and they're still gonna have a great attack. It's why they are at the top of the table once again, a point of Arsenal, why they are constants in title races year after year, going as deep as they do in all the domestic cups apart from last season. Just need to find out how to win in Europe. Like, Liverpool can't get close to them this year because they haven't got the depth they had the second half of last season. It shouldn't be surprised that Man City are in that league alone. But in a 90-minute match, one-off, Liverpool can run close to them. Hopefully they've got enough today. But defensive issues, not even issues, is it? They're still keeping a lot more clean sheets than Liverpool. Defensive absences won't make any difference here. Like, they're still a well-trained side who know exactly what to do to get the best out of them, to get results and We'll see whether Liverpool be at their A game and cause them trouble. Because, uh, like Klopp says, they, need to, they needed the reminder that it's not just about stopping City; it's about actually having a go at them as well. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, Liverpool have had plenty of defensive problems of their own, but I do think Kyle Walker being missing is probably a big sort of advantage, really, for Liverpool. I'm pretty sure he was missing for the FA Cup semi-final, wasn't he, last year, where Liverpool managed to exploit that. But uh, we'll move on to picking our teams for the game then. Doide, I'll come to you first. Obviously, Alison Becker in goal, and I would suggest probably that the back four maybe picks itself as well, but I'll let you talk us through it. It does. <laughs> talk us through it then. <laughs> uh, Alison Beckett in goal, uh, Joe Gomez right back, Canati and Van Dijk at centre back, and Andrew Robertson, he returneth, that's left back. Yes, 
Same for you, Theo, I would imagine. Yeah, I concur with our chief Liverpool writer, Ian Doyle. Same back four. Excellent stuff. Right, I'll give you the uh, midfield first then. I, I mean, it would be wrong of me to assume, but I'm going to assume that you're going to go for a three, given it's Manchester City, but feel free to uh, correct me. Um, yeah, I think it's a three. Uh, Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago. I think we're still saying that's Liverpool's first choice midfield at the moment. To be fair, with the injuries, it's hard to see them having much else in terms of depth. Just you need that extra body in midfield against Man City. It just feels that way, and it's not as though the four four two four two three one has been this roaring to success, despite an okay half against Arsenal and scoring nine goals in two games against Rangers. It's not really enough of a test. Hopefully, the defense is solid enough to go back to the three in midfield and uh, not get embarrassed by Man City. Three man midfield as well for you, Doiny. Uh, I don't know actually. Um... Let's be honest, the only call for me is whether you play Thiago or Firmino now, because Henderson and Fabinho will play. If they're amongst the players that, that are available, that is. Um, and oh, don't know, you know, don't know. Because if you are playing those three, are they going to be a narrow three as opposed to the way that they've been playing with the three? Do you, or do you play Thiago in the kind of more forward role, but obviously not quite as forward as Firmino? It's a tricky one, really. I mean, I would, you know, I'll, I'll be different. I'll go with Firmino. I'll go with Firmino. So, four, four, a kind of four, two, three, one, four, three, three, because Firmino, he always does quite well against two double sixes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Twelve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a yeah. Thingy Tiago can be the uh, double six by going on the bench. Interesting. Big call. Uh, we'll let you go through your attack then. Uh, I suppose that again takes care of yeah, itself. Giving you the... Salonunes and Jota has to be. There's no one else left. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going with. But I'm going to go with a, a three in the midfield to sit and then let the other three go up and do the attacking on their own. But Theo, Firmino or Nunez for you? I'm going to assume that Diogo Jota and Mohamed Salah are your wide players. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, it's Nunez. He caused them problems off the bench in the Community Shield. He's got a couple of goals in the last couple of games. And Firmino seems to be scoring even when he comes off the bench, having developed that trait last year. Perhaps not as much of a game-changing sub as Nunes could be, but we'll go for the ones who can run a bit more, hoping that causes them more problems. Well, this is the thing, is that they've got a load of... They can bring on a load of players if you want things to get... You know, give them a bit of legs, because you you, you know Elias and Cavallio now are there. You know, you could argue Firmino, if he doesn't play Octiago, to have a bit more control and you know, if, if they're winning, then Milner will come on for the last three minutes, as he always does. Kick it's always up. a good sign, yeah, to get to get a little hello from me in the ratings. And uh, who else is, there? Is, is there anyone else left? Any other players? Simicass, yeah. Simicass. Curtis, like, Curtis Jones Oxlade... could could be involved, yeah. I suppose. I'm Curtis say Jones. Jones. Yeah. Oxlade Chamberlain. Oxlade Chamberlain. Suddenly got loads of guys. Last week. Yeah. I, the Oxlade Chamberlain always does well against Oxlade Chamberlain does well against City. Throw him in. You know, golden a couple of years ago against him. Yeah, he did one, once, yeah. It was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> he had that good shot once, so yeah, yeah, let's play him. Um, I know, right. good shot. You can't say that. He, he did. He, no, because if you, if uh, Pep Guardiola, Guardi- I can never get it right. Is it Guardiola, is it? Or is it Guardiola? I never get well, it right. Guardiola, I would Guardiola, say. right. Okay, him. The Man City manager. He, in the past, when he's, he's pointed out Liverpool's attack, has mentioned. Uh, 
as mentioned, Oxlade Chamberlain. Obviously, he's not going to play, but the point being is that he has had a bit of history of doing quite well against Man City. So, if he does get on, you know, again, things must be going quite well for Liverpool. Yes, I, I, in some ways, I hope he don't. Uh, I hope he doesn't because that will mean that every time he gets the ball, no matter where he is on the pitch, the whole crowd will just shout "shoot," and that really winds me up. But uh, anyway, we'll move on to uh, match predictions. I'm going to go for an optimistic two-all draw. I think, Doyle, what are you going to go for? Um, it's gone incredibly dark here, by the way. I just, I'm not sure whether that's you know, the harbinger of, of doom of me it's making a prediction. Well. Yeah, um, I don't know actually. It's really hard, isn't it, to predict it? I think. I think. Okay. I, okay. It's it's a weird one whereby I think if it ended in a draw, both teams would be well chuffed with that. Genuinely think if it's a draw, they'd both be really happy with that and they'd shake on it now because I know for a fact that City are still thinking that Liverpool, if not challenging for the title this season, they're expecting them to come on strong in the second half of the season. And City will just want to put. Yeah, they'd rather be playing them now than they would be, say, for example, February or March. Don't even know when the return game is. Um, but I think City, City would be happy with the draw. That Liverpool would be as well. And that kind of, if Liverpool don't concede the first goal, I can see them actually getting something from the game. So I will go two all as well if Liverpool score first. But if Man City score first, City win two one or three one. Yeah, first of April the uh, return fixture is Theo. What do you reckon? Yeah, it depends on the first goal, who scores it, when it's scored. Um, Liverpool need to put in a great start. I'm I'm going to be really pessimistic in the hope that I'm pleasantly surprised. So I said the chip four on Monday. I'm going to be slightly more optimistic and say they'll actually score this time. So 4-1 City. Hang four. on a minute. You said that they would conceded four goals against Man City on, on Monday. This was after the Arsenal game, yeah. Honestly. Four yeah, they were shambolic defensively. Our resident two foot of Theo Squires has just gone in on everybody today. He's, he's, well, like Sal- I said, I'm hoping Sal- dropped nice rubbish surprised. against Arsenal. Rangers are rubbish, so that that game doesn't count. Firmino's not been very good, really. Cheer up! It's my job to be miserable <laughs> on this podcast. Come on. Well, you've just been optimistic, so I've got to like, work around that. Realistic. I'm not optimistic or pessimistic. I'm realistic. <laughs> That's the thing. And people, you know, some people that can't handle that just aren't fine. Other podcasts well, are available. please do stick with us Um, don't listen listen to them (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well yeah I think that bombshell 4-1 to Manchester City says Theo Squires I think we'll, uh, we'll leave it there thanks for listening we'll catch you next time you've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo